Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 415. Sickened awe. I appended the flask, ran my finger around the inside of it, and licked it clean. I pulled out a second flask from a pocket of my cloak. This was going to be your dose for tomorrow, but you will need to use it tonight. If you find it easier, one swallow every two hours should suffice. I held it out to him, still holding his eyes with mine. He took it mutely, drank two good swallows, and stoppered the flask with a grim determination. Pride is always a better lever against the nobility than reason. I fished in one of the pockets of my rich burgundy cloak and brought out the mayor's ring. I forgot to return this to you before, your grace. I held it out to him. He began to reach out for it, then stopped. Keep it for now, he said. You've earned that much, I imagine. Thank you, Your Grace, I said, careful to keep my expression composed. He wasn't inviting me to wear the ring, but allowing me to keep it was a tangible step forward in our relationship. No matter how his courtship of the Lady Lackless went, I had made an impression on him today. I poured him more tea, then decided to finish his instructions while I had his attention. You should drink the rest of this potful tonight, Your Grace. But remember, it's all you'll have until tomorrow. When you send for me, I'll brew you some more. You should try to drink as many fluids as you can tonight. Milk would be best. Put some honey in it, and it will go down easier. He agreed, and seemed to be easing towards sleep. Knowing how difficult his night might be, knowing how difficult his night would be, I let him nod off. I gathered my things before letting myself out. Stapes was waiting in the outer rooms. I mentioned to him that the mayor was sleeping, and told him not to toss out the tea in the pot, as his grace would be wanting it when he woke up. As I left, the look Stapes gave me was not merely chilly as it had been before. It was hateful, practically venomous. Only after he closed the door behind me did I realize what this must look like to him. He assumed I was taking advantage of the mayor in his time of weakness. There are a great many such people in the world, traveling physicians with no qualms about preying on the fears of the desperately ill. The best example of this is Dead Nettle, the potion seller in Three Pennies for Wishing, Easily one of the most despised characters in all drama, there's no audience that doesn't cheer when Dead Nettle gets pilloried in the fourth act. With that in mind, I began to dwell on how fragile and gray the mayor had ended the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick, and I take it back. I hate it. Don't use that voice. <laughs> I beg of you. Folks, what's the problem? He's the mayor. We love the mayor, don't we, folks? I was surprised <laughs> that you liked that na- there, that accent even for a little considering how you used to charge jeremy for saying things that would that would be that was before quarantine when i could actually demand a quarter every time he (laughs) he did the voice that's right you have no power here (laughs) so on this page i had a thought this is when quote starts to like assign a motivation to the way that stapes has been acting around him And it's a perfectly plausible motivation that Stapes is protective of the mayor and he thinks the cloth is shining him on. But I would like to propose an alternate, an alternate reading. What if Stapes is poisoning the mayor and he can see that cloth is messing up his work, but he can't say anything about that to the mayor without, you know, compromising himself somehow. That is an interesting read. Yeah, that is a plausible reading based on the information we have, but based on eventually how Stapes reacts when Quoth when Quoth does solve the problem, uh, I think that Stapes is earnest. 
Uh, but what if that's all part of Stapes' long game? What if he's like, okay, this plot did not work out, and now Quoth is too much in favor with the mayor for me to easily dispose of him. So I'm going to make Quoth think that I that he is in my good graces as well, only to scheme against him somewhere farther down the line. That is, I think, less likely than some, but you know what? I have I have proposed more crackpot theories. I still think that Mellow and Lackless is the ultimate person who would benefit from this. And the fact that she does get her way in the end means she doesn't need to continue the poisoning. I think that is fine. It's been a while in the story since we've had Quoth have a have a moment of like talking about a play. Like it kind of it happens every so often where Quoth is like, "Oh yes, this play that occurred in this time, and this these are the characters and stuff like that." And he like mentions plays every now and again, but it's been a while, so it's sort of like, "Oh yeah, Quoth knows stuff about plays." I'm so glad that this happened. And he's mentioned three pennies for wishing before. Like that's a play mm-hmm. he's talked about before. Has he talked about the character Dead Nettle before though? No, he has not. And th- it occurs to me that like this stands in for how in other narratives you can have characters talk about pop culture that we recognize, you know? Like there are lots of works of fiction that are like re- like that reference other works of fiction either you know, in characters tossing off lines of dialogue or in shows like Community having whole episodes built around referencing an obscure film or more than one in the same time. That's obviously not something you can really do in in secondary world fantasy most of the time because they operate in a totally different world and culture and it, it like takes the reader out of the narrative if you have, you know, the character reference their favorite Disney movie. But I think that Rothfuss's solution is really elegant where he can have a character who references cultural artifacts to explain a concept or like think about a concept, but those cultural artifacts are all artifacts of the world. So we learn about the culture of Temerant, even as we also like the, that thing is used to talk about another concept that's more narratively relevant. Mm-hmm. And this feels very honest to me, even though it's not really a real world stock character, I can't think offhand of a narrative or like a recurring stock character of like a doctor figure who, who takes advantage of, of the anxieties of the sick, at least not in the same way. I mean, I guess the top one I'm thinking of is the, in the musical of the secret garden, the brother doctor is trying to, to, kill the kid so he can have the house but that's not in the book and what i'm getting at is that this feels really real to me like i can sort of nod along and be like yeah that character sucks i hate this dead metal guy and i totally get it like it feels like the kind of familiar stock character that we would encounter even though i never have encountered this stock character it just feels like a really Mm -hmm. like universal experience i also think it's interesting that or or maybe obvious or good it makes sense that the character is called dead nettle because while it's not entirely clear whether or not dead nettle is real in the king killer universe like there is a real world plant called dead nettle that has like medicinal benefits so like for that name to be given to like a a person who is like a medicinal benefits kind of character feels very appropriate and it's a very, it's a name that is rich with import, as I like to say. It, it mm-hmm. uh, you know, is very sinister, but also evokes mm-hmm. like the totally. mixing of potions. And I want to jump to the top of the page now. Quoth plays the mayor very expertly, right? He he owns him by 
by drinking the cod liver oil. And then he gives him an out. He says, if you're too much of a baby to give to drink the dose that I have prescribed for you, you can take this smaller dose instead. That should be okay. And then the mayor... Well, the smaller dose twice as often. Yeah. Which is arguably worse. Well, or it's arguably better. And then the mayor sh- and then the mayor responds by drinking the dose that Quoth offered him in the first place because he's not a chump. He's not a wimp. He's not a wuss. Because Quoth has wounded his pride. I don't know about you guys. I would rather have more of an unpleasant thing all at once than less of an unpleasant thing more frequently. Yes. Exactly. Yes. I believe we are all in agreement there. Good. Yep. Cleaning your room sucks, so let it get really messy and then just have one big room clean oh, so you know, rather than that, multiple small No, I've clean. come around to the philosophy. We clean the apartment every two weeks and we swap off which of us has to do what uh, every time. So, you know, I only have to clean the kitchen once a month but it gets cleaned every two weeks. And that means that it never gets that bad. Reasonable. No, it makes, makes way more sense to just let your kitchen become an unlivable sty and then spend a whole day cleaning it rather than, you know, keeping things where they're supposed to go uh, and, you know, mopping up small messes. How do you feel about that? <laughs> as they come. <laughs> well, we can mop up some small messes on tomorrow's page. Of... The... <laughs> the... <laughs> Wee. Wee.